Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Bottoming, the podcast about LGBTQ mental health, rock bottoming and beyond. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bottomingpod or visit bottomingpodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe. Hi, I'm Brendan. And I am Matthew, and our pronouns are he and him. That was raspy, wasn't that it? That was, goodness That me. was quite sexy, actually. Ra, ra, raspy team. <laughs> ra, 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 ra. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's more gay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> are you that ra, ra, bitch? Uh, <laughs> this episode, <clears throat> we're talking with Sister Sister, Drag Race UK Season 2 alum. Scouse friend of mine. Yeah. It was a gorgeous conversation, actually. It's lovely. About a topic that I don't actually think we've spoken about before directly. Online trolling and online mm. bullying. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to speak to Sister after the article that they wrote. Yeah. Back when season two of Drag Race UK was airing. Mm-hmm. Following some of the um, shit that went down. Yeah. So we had a fantastic time speaking with them. So you can hear that shortly. But how have you been? I have been good, actually. I had, well... So I had a bit of a, a rocky last week. Mm. And I think it's because of drinking. Mm. I just don't think I need to drink. Mm. I think that's that's a fine decision, a fine yeah. conclusion to make. Had a couple of panic attacks and was just felt very unlike myself. And I think the only thing that's really changed is, I mean, actually, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of things have changed. I've moved back to London I I don't have a job anymore and all these other things but I'm pinning it on alcohol because it's a poison it's one okay yeah (laughs) I guess I could think more about moderation as opposed to complete exclusion yeah yeah we'll just see how it goes I'm just an area to look at I guess at least isn't it that's the idea yeah Yeah. I've just put a bit of a spotlight on it and I'm like okay well 
I'll look at you for a minute. Okay. And I'm just starting my mm. last exam mm-hmm. for the year. Meow. Can't believe it. How are you? Yeah, similarly, it's ironic, isn't it? Because we're recording this episode, mm. the end of Mental Health Awareness Week. Jo- well, yeah. And oh, gosh. I think similarly, the last couple of weeks have been quite rocky also for me. Just feeling very overwhelmed at the moment. I think it just hit me that I haven't really taken proper breaks since pretty much Christmas time. Mm-hmm. I think just the combination of work and the podcast and everything just flying by. Mm. Um, I think it's just already caught up on me and just had a quite um, quite a low few days, mm-hmm. definitely, the last the last week. <laughs> uh, I know I text you, but it was, it, thinking back at the text, it was quite funny. I kind of realised as I was laying there. I am, um, quick, quick one. Usually I'm a morning workout person. I haven't worked out in the morning for, at this point, properly months. I've done like two runs, maybe. That's the most <laughs> I can do. <laughs> And the last week, bizarrely, I've got a weird burst of energy, like past 9pm for like 10 minutes. So last night I got up, did a very quick 10 minute workout mm-hmm. and I lay on the floor with the gayest campus playlist on Spotify. <laughs> and as I was laying, just staring into the abyss with Sissy That Walk <laughs> blasting in my ears, <laughs> I was just thinking, yeah, you need to like reassess, mm-hmm. take some time off <laughs> because... <laughs> I feel like I'm off the tracks at the minute, mm. which I think, yeah, it was. It's obviously funny to think <laughs> of that scene right now. Now, sit there, what? <laughs> the tears rolling down my face. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, yeah, I'm taking an extended weekend this week. I've booked a couple of extra days off around a bank holiday. We've got something big coming up and work in June, so I'm working towards that, and then hopefully I'm going to take more time off after that as well. Mm. So it's just a case of yeah, checking in at the minute. On the plus, it's giving me this gorgeous, raspy voice. Yeah. Mm. Crying will do that for you. <laughs> Rate us five stars if you love the raspy voice, miss. <laughs> Vile. On the topic of Mental Health Awareness Week, however, mm. one thing that we did do this week that was an absolute joy. We were on uh, an online chat with two of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. She's All Fat, which is the podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love and chill vibes only Mm -hmm. with Sophie Carter-Khan. And then we also spoke to Chelsea Sanders from Go Off Sis. And that is Refinery29 sub-brand, Unbothered. So that's usually a video series, but they've also got a fantastic podcast Mm -hmm. um, that confronts the hard truths around being a black woman in America. And we just spent 45 minutes having... Mm -hmm. A chat about mental health mm-hmm. in podcasting. And how it affects each of the different groups that each of our podcasts celebrates. Mm-hmm. All of them are minorities or marginalized people. And there was a lot of common commonalities that we spoke about. And it was just really great to talk about, yeah, mental health openly with two mm-hmm. women doing amazing things. And you'll be able to find that on ACAST's Instagram page mm-hmm. at ACAST Podcasts mm-hmm. on Instagram and at ACAST on Twitter. A uh, big thank you to Phoebe um, at ACAST and actually the whole ACAST team for just inviting us on. Oh, it was so lovely. Yeah, it was, it was an absolute pleasure to join mm-hmm. in. And I also want to applaud actually the way ACAST has covered Mental Health Awareness Week this week. It has been incredible it has amongst all the other podcast networks acast has been honestly mm-hmm. absolutely on it with the types of discussions they're having and 
not holding back on the amount of content either mm-hmm. because sometimes you know a lot of brands will very you know cavalierly just post one yeah we're done we we care about <laughs> mental health but people have mental health yeah we're done <laughs> <laughs> but ACAST has been really, really strong in this in this regard. So yeah, yeah. If you want to find out more about the two podcasts, um, you can go to at she's all fat pod, and also at r twenty nine unbothered, and yeah, obviously at ACAST podcast as well to check out the video. So this week on the main stage. Oh, honey. <laughs> could you tell what he was i could tell what it was so we spoke to the wonderful the gorgeous the iconic the glamorous sister sister she is an open book we had a gorgeous conversation there was nothing off limits and i think there's a lot we can take away from it yeah for sure it's sister sister hi everyone it's me sister sister from drag race uk season two my pronouns are he she or they i am really not that fussed and thank you so much for having me on the show guys thank you so much for being with us and joining us what has it been like since the show ended um what's life been like you know it's interesting because i think there is there's an idea of how it is when you're on the show right um there's an idea that it's all glitz and glamour and you're living in the fast lane um and people are just throwing money at you and you are a walking cash machine now which might have been true (laughs) at a certain point but factor in a global pandemic which is continuing more than anything um it's kind of flipped the script on, on 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 the way that um things I imagined we're going to turn out mm-hmm. anyway. Um, and, you know, what is life but nothing, nothing but trials and tribulations? <laughs> um, so I've been slowly coming to terms with um, with the fact that it, it's, it's expectation versus reality. Mm. Um, and then since the show has ended, I'm like, I'm someone who's, I've always had a job. I've always worked since I was 18. And... It's ingrained in me now because I'm just a worker bee that I'm I, I'm mentally sound as long as I'm active. And if I've got something to do in the day, if I've got mm-hmm. something to wake up for, um, I'm okay. The complete opposite of that is I'm, I'm sending emails and I'm doing admin stuff, but there's nothing that we can really mm-hmm. do until mm-hmm. the venue's open. That's kind of what, you know, as um, a drag queen, we're we're really really heavily reliant on these physical mm. spaces. If they're not there, it, it's sort of a game changer. So it's all these kind of things tied in where weeks have gone by, and I'm keeping on top of the admin stuff, mm. except for today. What <laughs> <laughs> twist? I missed the appointment time for this <laughs> for this podcast. I imagined a time in my head. Um, you know, so I've been keep I've been keeping on Someone's top of been this. On Drag <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I haven't got time for this. All right. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've mostly been keeping on top of it, but um, book. It's kind of like it, it's just spending a really long time, like just chilling and not doing anything. Because I've joined I've joined lockdown with everyone mm. now. 
I, I would love nothing more. And I've, I've talked about this with my therapists. I have two now. One couldn't handle me. <laughs> I, I would love nothing more than to just give a rave review of, of the experience so far. Mm. But in the, in, you know, in the interest of being transparent, I have to talk about the, the ups and the downs and the ups have mm. been fantastic. And you, you know, fortunately people are able to watch that on the show. You can see the kind of, you know, the joyous moments. Um, but the downs have been mostly behind the scenes and kind of the in-between bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love nothing more than to say, I've enjoyed the, the whole drag race experience, um, but it's only partly true. So far, yeah. it's only partly true. There's so much more, I guess, to go, isn't there, kind of when things open back up? Are you still mm. working in the, the kind of the office job or no? Is yeah. that the case? Uh, no, thank fuck. You know, one of the things that I'm, I am grateful for is that I'm not doing a job that I, that I disliked. Yeah. I was really bad at it and I kind of just hated working there. The people are lovely, et cetera. They always are. <laughs> but I, I didn't enjoy, I'm not made for, I'm not made for an office environment. I'm too <laughs> bouncing off the walls kind of thing. Um, and you know what, even during lockdown, it was, it was great. I've talked about it as well with them. Um, I was... I was like reliant on that job and that steady income every month was such a godsend that I never realized that I was so attached to. Um, and even though, you know, my mental health was a little bit shaky last summer, um, one of the worries that I didn't have and I was fortunate for was money. I was okay for money all the time. Um, so yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, and I'm kind of grateful for having broken that mold one of the questions that wasn't in there but i think i want to bring up just while you've been speaking about it is how transparent you are about about the lows and and your mental health and a lot of i mean there are a lot of drag queens that have come from drag race um but not all of them talk about those lows and aren't as transparent as you i know we've watched a couple of lives where we've spoken to like michael about his mental health and anxiety from bake-off um, and also uh, Bear with the Drag Queen and talking about medication and things like that. Mm. Was that always your intention to be as transparent as possible? Or do you think Drag Race drag race, and the experience you had from that kind of forced your hand a little bit? I, um, I don't have qualms with it. I've never really had um, issues with talking about mental health so far as I knew. But I think new things cropped up as it as um, time's gone on, and especially with the show. The show has highlighted um, way more about myself and my deteriorating mental health um, than I than I um, knew previously. It sometimes takes me a while to catch up with what's going on, so I'll feel it first. And this is just kind of what I do. I'll go quiet about it, and it'll give me a couple of weeks to sort of analyze stuff. Mm. And then when I'm ready to talk about it, I'll start talking about it. I think I've sped up that um, that time period, so that gap. So when something's happening in the moment, I will be more prone to talk about it now. Um, and it, it is, it's in the interest of being um, transparent about stuff, because you can guarantee if you're feeling insecure about that one thing that's going on with you mentally, the second you start talking about it, there is someone else to go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I've literally had that thing as well. So... Um, you know, I was speaking to Ginny about um, the kind of the, the the toll it has on when you're on the show and you do want to be seen as this person that I'm having a great time and this is what we do and we just want to keep you entertained and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
Ginny's a bit of a like mind with me when it comes to mental health. She has her ups and her downs. Um, and it's kind of, you don't want to be too much of one thing um, because you feel like it can start to grate on people. So what I've done, which is what I'm on at the minute, which is a social media sabbatical, mm-hmm. um, which I I kind of wish I didn't have to. I would love to be one of these people that's just mm-hmm. constantly glued to their phone, having an amazing time or seemingly having an amazing time and just like content, content, content. I can't for the life of me do it. And I admire the people that can, but I also hope they're all okay. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'm taking like uh, a week and a half, two weeks off Mm -hmm. to sort of um, just, just sort of like um, reflate and come and come back. Cause after the show, I've kind of like, I've burnt out creatively as well. I've Mm -hmm. run out, run out of ideas. I think if I would have pushed myself, I would have kept churning out content and putting things out um which was sort of like just um you'd probably be able to tell that it was um a bit compromised or like a little bit suffered do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah um and it was my mum. my mum invited me back to her um house in north liverpool and said come and stay at mine and i was like oh no i'm too independent (laughs) for this so I went, I took a mini suitcase and I stayed and I was only going to stay the weekend. And then the weekend turned into like a week and then it was 10 days later. And I was, it, I was literally, it felt like I was staying in a hotel. But um, my mom, I went through, she had a, tri- a tricky time with her mental health um, a couple of years after she got divorced from uh, my dad. This was years ago now. Um, and she was trying to like, you know, figure her life out as a single parent, looking after uh, three kids. And she, so she was there to sort of like talk me through her experience with having Mm -hmm. depression. Um, And she just kept saying, it will, it will come back. You need to give it time, Um, but don't, don't force it if you don't want to. And I didn't realize it was exactly what I needed to hear because we've been on this thing where it's like content, content, content. You need to engage. You need to be doing this thing. If you, if you want to be successful and you want to get the followers and blah, 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 blah. If you want to join that rat race, it's literally like getting on the motorway. You have to keep going. And in the same breath, people are saying, it's important to take time for yourself. But you're thinking, if I get off this roller coaster, I'm not going to get back on again. Mm. Fuck the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. If you need to get off, get off. Mm. The, the people will wait. The work will wait. It will be there when you come back. You can't carry on if you're completely burnt out. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I've got, I've got one one leg on, one leg off the roller coaster at the minute. <laughs> Good for you, honestly. <laughs> Thank you. Personally, I don't think my 88 followers would be able to handle it if I left. But... <laughs> Don't, don't leave. Don't leave <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> Obviously, one of the most dramatic parts of the season was having to shut down filming because of the increasing <clears throat> coronavirus pandemic. Um, I know you've touched upon it already with having the steady job, but how else did you manage your mental health during this time? I was, I mean, at the beginning of it, it was all still, I think I was still riding the wave of the, like the adrenaline wave from even being on the show. Mm. Um that break came at a really good time for me, I think. And watching the show back as well, I was like, my God, she was exhausted. Mm. Um, like she looked haggard. I, I, I just needed a break from it. And then the break did come and I was like, oh my God, my nan's looking out for me. Something's, no. something's happened yeah. And then the severity of the pandemic sort of set in and I was like, oh God, okay, shit. It really starts to take its toll when um, George Floyd was murdered and the Black Lives Matter movement really took off. Mm. I remember being in my garden. It was the week of, 
and I was really drunk. That's probably how I've coped over last year, to be honest. Um, I did become quite a big drinker, which I think um, I was drinking with housemates, which is AKA socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. It was when the housemates were in there and I was on like my fourth Negroni. I was like, oh, you're pissed. You're stumbling (laughs) around the house and it's literally because you're just sort of like, you've got nothing else to do. And yeah, I remember watching some, I set the projector up in the garden and I was watching some live Dusty Springfield um, performances, just going through the archives, some of my favorites. Um, And then there was one called Where Is A Woman To Go? And it's one of her last performances that she does uh, on the Jules Holland show. And I started crying and I was like, oh God, you know, I love doing this. I'm gay. This is great. My queen. (laughs) After a cry, normally your mood lifts. Yeah. It didn't. And it was shot for about two or three months afterwards. And I only kind of came to again after my birthday in September. So something switched. I think it was just the weight of the everything, everything Mm. that was going on at the time. Mm. Um, And I didn't I I didn't really have the coping mechanism to uh, sort of go with it. And that's when the really heavy drinking started. And I was just like, whoa, okay, Um, I've lost control of this now. And obviously you managed to kind of, big assumption there for me, but you managed to kind of get back on track to then begin filming again. Because what, it was a seven month break, is that right? Yeah. So yeah, how much months. how much notice did you have before going back in and kind of how was it going from that period to then preparing to restart again? It was very obviously gearing up um, and the producers were really transparent about, um, I think we initially had a date that was like, june or july Mm. and then that got pushed back to the october date and then for a few months for like two or three months we knew it was going to be end of october Mm -hmm. um and then the date came in and then they sneakily threw in a couple more outfits because we weren't under enough stress anyway we're trying to stay alive (laughs) of course (laughs) and added to the list of um lip sync songs as well which I don't know why, but I always found that the most anxiety inducing. Um, (laughs) So they added, uh, what song was it? They added another one, Bites the Dust by Queen, which I surprisingly didn't know the lyrics to whatsoever. (laughs) And um, there was a Duran Duran song in there as well. Um, So that's kind of like, because when when you're gearing up for the show, they normally just give you, the first time, they just give you um, a month. They give you four weeks to prepare. Mm -hmm. So you have to pull your funds in, pull your contacts in and get like something like 20, 20 outfits or something altogether. That is no time. Ready. And I think the American series do it in like two, two or three weeks. It's a lot. It's a completely different TV show. That, that's, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's way more pressure um, in America. So we got we got the grace of four, four <laughs> weeks um, to get ready for it. But it was funny because I was even looking back going, I don't have five large suitcases. Why would I? <laughs> So like, has anyone got a massive suitcase I can borrow? Um, yeah, so we, so we went back on Halloween. Halloween day was when we went back to film the second uh, part of it mm. with everything touched up. New attitudes, new faces, new filler, new Botox. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it seemed like everyone kind of went in with a, a very big spring in the step, which was mm. very nice to see. And I mean, when we were recording this season throughout the duration um, of recording it, we were watching the whole season. So like whenever we'd mm-hmm. go to record that episode, we would always 
chat about it pre or post recording. And mm-hmm. like, I think just for us, but also I think for everyone else that watched it, it was such a savior for the mm-hmm. entirety of lockdown. But you wrote a really powerful piece in The Guardian um, where you spoke about your experience online and some of the abuse that you endured after a couple of the episodes aired. So firstly, obviously, well done on sharing that and really sorry that you had to endure such vile shit. Um, Thank you. <laughs> what, was, what was the tipping point for you in, in writing that? I think it was week seven. It was week seven, the Snatch Game episode, when, when I'd noticed that the, the truly vile um, comments started to creep up. It was very much a sort of like enough is enough. I remember actually it was um, Michael, Bake Off Michael, sent me a message. I just posted some stuff to the episode. Aired. It was probably about like eight, eight o'clock, 8.30. I just posted to Instagram and I was on my way over to Twitter to update the socials there. And um, Michael sent me a message saying, have you been on Twitter yet? And I was like, no, I'm going to get to it, Michael. Christ, calm down. And he was like, if you haven't been on yet, maybe stay off it tonight. And then my stomach dropped and I was like, oh, fuck. I just feel so out of control of this whole thing. And I went on, obviously, because you have to. Mm. <laughs> but he was like, um, he was sort of there the whole time, just sort of like keeping me occupied and trying to take my mind off it kind of thing. That's, that's true friendship. Mm. <laughs> and he kind of, I think before I went on as well, he just said, this is the gist of it. I'll be, I'll be black and white about it. This is just the gist of it. And it was just difficult. It was, it was messy. It was messy and it was it, it it crossed the line between critique or banter or whatever people want to call it. And it just started to get really, really ugly. And I'm someone who's quite nihilistic anyway. I think it doesn't take a lot, just from my background and the way that I'm wired, it doesn't take a lot for me to sort of go, oh, fuck this human race, you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? We can do better. And um, I think it was just one of those moments where I was like, ah, oh, the bigger picture's been lost and I'm uh, I'm devastated because it feels like I'm the one that's going to have to call it out and go, what are we doing? Mm. What are we actually doing? So, you know, it happened in like a, se- a series of events. It was the Thursday night that it kind of came to my attention. I was like, right. So there's people that genuinely want me to kill myself because of a TV show where we, we dress up in fancy, fancy outfits on TV. That's, that somehow warrants my death mm. to you. I actually wrote the piece on the Friday, woke up the next morning, bashed it out, got contact for The Guardian, stayed off social media as best I could. Um, over the course of the weekend, it was it was not nice. I remember my friend, my friend and comedy partner Joy Less sent me Lemony Snicket for PlayStation Two and went, "Just play that." <laughs> and I pretty much completed it. I just stayed in bed. I ordered some gross food um, and just kind of like mostly stayed on Facetime to some friends the whole time. But it was kind of one of those worst case scenarios where I'm thinking. I I have a phobia of being being misunderstood mm. anyway. And I've watched the show back since and I've kind of I'm kind of looking at it going, okay, yeah, I understand the edit. I get it. Mm. We need everyone needs a villain. Everyone yeah. needs this this sort of like dry villain who's, you know, gonna be a, have a chip on the shoulder. But even then the 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 responses just do not it, it, it doesn't warrant any no, of it. Mm. None of it is justified at all. And the sad thing is when it was kind of coming in. 
there was a huge sort of argument online against me after the article went out that was like, you signed up for this. This is what you signed up for. Like, are you are you stupid? You can't just start crying about all this because you're in the public eye now. You think it, my God, the 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 year and few, you know, it's like a year and four months that it took from actually handing in the audition tape to filming this whole thing. So a year and a, almost a year and a half of this thing that's so encompassing anyway, and it completely mm. swallows you up. At no point during that year and a half did I think, this is what I've signed up for. <laughs> at no point, because it's it's not, it's not at all what you mm. what you want. Why Why would you? We filmed that show and you made a really good point before, Matthew. We did, we signed up to make a TV show that at some point during it became bigger than the 12 queens that were filming. It was when we realized that, okay, people are going to be viewing this in lockdown, most probably. That means that there's people going to be in um, potentially difficult situations where they're trapped in their houses. Secret queer kids, secret queer people who are going to run off to their rooms when everyone else is asleep and watch this thing as a source of, um, you know, as a source of like energy and a source of mm. um, power to keep them going. We knew, and we all knew on set, this thing is way bigger than us now. It's bigger than our sob stories. It's bigger than our problems. This thing is huge. That's why we fucking made Yo. Mm. And it is brilliant. And it's the, still the thing now that um, sort of like makes my heart swell when people say it united. Mm. <laughs> we united the world. <laughs> um <laughs> during this thing but you know that that's one of the great takeaways is that we did we, we did that thing mm. we're not martyrs we're not we're not like magicians but this is the way that it's perceived during lockdown because yeah. it's so fucking difficult and it's still mm. so fucking difficult so yeah super you know super happy that it, it it's it, it had such um a positive uh reception and the people came uh who came out in you know in in, in light of the guardian article and which is which was really just a piece on trolling. It was mm. kind of just a conversation piece on, this is what happens. I'm just fucking unlucky that it happened to me. Mm. But here's a blow by blow account of how I found of, of how I found it. Um, the response to that was overwhelming. It was brilliant. And again, it's for people. So when I was talking about, if you've got something in mind with your own mental health and you need to talk about it, and you go, okay, this feels uncomfortable. It's not something that I want to you know, talk about. Here's something that's happened. There will be someone in the room or a group of people in that same room to go, yeah, okay. And that's, you know, every every share and every comment on that um, mm -hmm. on that one subject felt like a wall of solidarity with everyone going, yeah, yeah. You know, we do notice it, we recognize it and it's, it's, it's shit. I just don't think, again, this is where my nihilism comes <laughs> in. And I am quite cynical about um, people's mentality, especially online. I just don't know whether the right people will have heard it right yeah because it takes it mm -hmm. takes a certain kind of tuning in to want to to really hear it do you know what i mean yeah and i think it's it's similar in terms of us trying to think about how other people can go online and, and write these vicious things it is kind of that two-way street that they probably can't get in our, our mindset and think why wouldn't they do that because that's what the internet's for it's for like tearing down other people and it's like kind of wild that people think that they mm. can actually do that and treat people in that way i mean what, yeah what do you think some of the motivations are especially around drag race with people being so harsh with it i mean i've spent 
<laughs> weeks um, thinking about this now. Mm. And I still I still haven't really found an answer to it. And I think I think it's because people don't see it as a problem that there is that there is no real solution to it. Mm. I think that's one of the mindsets. Um, I mean, it's entitlement. I don't even think it's it's uh, it's sort of like um, people being raised wrong, because I think it is. It's a total, totally different kettle of fish when you're doing these things online. I don't think we're, I don't think we're evolved. It does sound like I hate the human race. I don't think we're evolved <laughs> enough to fully understand the capacity at which we function as people online. We haven't caught up with the way that we talk. Um, talk to each other over the internet because it's so throwaway. It's such a throwaway thing to do, and it doesn't have the same implications to people. It doesn't. It doesn't warrant the same reaction as if um, I'm stood there to you, going, "You're dressed like a twat." No, you are. No. Um, <laughs> what in this? <laughs> um, if you, you know, if you're saying it directly to someone's face, then they can go, "Oh." Oh, and you immediately gauge their reaction. If you're mm-hmm. saying that online, you're technically not saying it to them. You're just posting it. You're just writing it out. Mm-hmm. And there's a chance that they may or may not see it anyway. I do think a lot of people do it for... do. It's basically gaslighting. They will do it because they kind of... They, they want to warrant a response. They don't care if it's positive mm-hmm. or negative. They just want to get a rise out of, you know, this, this, um, this person in the spotlight mm-hmm. online. I, I still find it so messy. I find it incredibly messy. Um, and all I'll say is, fucking say it to my face, bitch. <laughs> I've got a purple beard, I'll battle it. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 it, it, it's, it's just insane. And I don't know whether it's me being wired wrong as well, because I would look, when, it, when you're reading these things, you are looking at them online going, you're picturing this person saying it. And in my head, I'm thinking, what would what would my response be if you know if they were stood mm-hmm. in like in, stood in front of me, saying it? It's just it's 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 a mess. I wish I had more um sort of like I wish I could shed more light on it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I I I can't. And you know the think piece that I wrote was literally me in that moment. I did it. It, it, it isn't all doom and gloom. That's just me. I um I I received some messages from people saying um. I'm a teacher at a secondary school. I'm a teacher in um, a, a junior school. Um, I've used your story recently as a case uh, model for, um, you know, explaining to kids. These are repercussions. Mm-hmm. So the way that you talk to people online uh, has consequences. That's it. I think that's all we really need to teach people mm. is that you can say you can say things you can pretty much say whatever you want. That's kind of what the internet is for. As long as you understand the knock-on effect of it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're able to talk about it, what type of support did you get from, I guess, production at the BBC? They were on it with, and we knew this before the show had even aired, they were on it with um, online security, for example, is literally like Twitter police whose number I've got stored in my phone um, mm. in the event of scary death threats or like just in case someone gets a weird stalker or something gets a bit out of hand. You see, you know, the police involvement can crop up. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very on it with therapy as well and talking, kind of talking about it. There was a call on the Sunday after the Guardian article went out 
which was what can we what what would you like us to do what can we do for you I was like, just pull me off the remaining episodes. I don't want to be in it anymore. <laughs> Fuck the lotties. Um, no, I was kind of like, can we put out some sort of mission statement? Just a reminder, mm. guys, <laughs> please be kind, because this completely defeats the point of everything that we, uh, everything that we filmed. And um, they got an incredible artist. They got Dominic to um, mm-hmm. sketch up one of his um, lovely little images with um, a quote that they'd taken from a tweet that I'd done as well. Was I supported? Yeah, massively. Am I still supportive? Yeah, I'm still supported massively. Um, the aftercare, the kind of therapy has been brilliant and very well needed, actually. Mm. I've always thought... Um, I'm one of these strong, sturdy scouse mum types. I'm like, I'm absolutely fine. I'll get through this by myself. <laughs> Four weeks later, I'm still in bed, just crying into a, a box of bazooka chicken or something. Um, so the therapy has has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I said, ongoing. I'm, I'm like, you know, mere moments away from getting an emotional support dog at any given moment from looking at from the bbc (laughs) i will just invoice them um for an italian greyhound (laughs) so one of the other things it's been really nice seeing and we've already mentioned we've kind of tuned into a few different videos but it's been really nice seeing you online with lots of other queens from drag race us um, and canada as well um, so Canada was another season that I really loved as well. I think it was just nice to see a bit of um, a bit of difference, I think, from the US, which obviously is now so many mm-hmm. seasons strong. Yeah. Um, is it nice to have that network of people who have experienced similar things and to be in touch with them? Yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, so good. And it's an immediate it's an immediate network as well. You know, you can mm. throw a message out to any of them, and they've all kind of um, you know they've all been through something at this point it's kind of like all the kinks have sort of pretty much kind of been worked out. Mm. Um, if you need to know, you know, anything from merchandising to trolling or anything, you can just throw a message out and yeah. um, get help. What's really funny is I'm now like, um, I've become one of the veterans already. So it's been what, two, two <laughs> weeks since the show has, since our finale came out. I'm getting messages from upcoming season queens who haven't confirmed anything they're just mm-hmm. saying can i pick your brain about this certain yeah. thing and i'm like of course you can come to grandma i'll tell you everything i did ask you not to mention that message or something. Yeah. <laughs> busted also that one live you did with i think it was boa and mayhem and mayhem singing abcs with that wow. deep voice my basement is flooded i am obsessed <laughs> I'm obsessed with mayhem. And again, full transparency, I am just so overly flirty with mayhem. Gonna marry them. Definitely marrying mayhem. Love it. I know. So tell us what is next for Sister Sister. Okay, so now that we've got to still like predict the world reopening, if everything goes Uh to plan, um, I've got tours to look forward to. So I'm kicking, I think the first one off in September. It's the day after my birthday. Um, we'll, be, we'll be announcing that soon, but that's going to be a fun mix of drag race queens and non-drag race queens. So keep an eye out for that. Um, 
slowly but surely working on my one woman show as well, which is basically just, it's an amalgamation of, you know, all of everything that I've done um, that just sort of like polished up over the years. I really want to get back into um, just stand up comedy. I miss stand up mm. comedy so much. Um, and there was a scary period. Uh, I was kind of thinking, have I, have I lost it? Have I, has the show and my response to the show just um, sucked all my creativity away? And shall I just get a job in an office again? Because I'm so scared. And I'm like, <laughs> no, just have a coffee no. and get on with it, you stupid yes. bitch. Keep going. What is wrong with you? Um, very interested in getting into music as well. I only really got into live music when it was just before the show was announced or just before I got cast on the show. Um, it was my first time singing on stage because I've actually got the voice of an angel. It's insane. Oh. I know. Do you want me to? No, I won't. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, I want, to, I want to start to incorporate all these all these different things. And it's going to be like a rebirth, I think, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a rebirth, mm-hmm. sort of like hitting the streets again with all, you know, our, our, our newfound... Um, I kind of like newfound expertise after um, yeah. after after being in lockdown for so much. So you know, I, I'm lucky I get the platform and I get to be able to put all that on a stage for a live show again. So I'm super excited for live shows! I cannot wait. You know, do you think if we were a bit younger and a bit um, more supple? <laughs> <laughs> Miss Miss Heidi M Closet Let's come out of the closet for this show Yeah do you think if we were a bit younger And social media was At it's heights when we were like 13 or 14 We'd have been absolute hounds on social media Dragging people like oh. They were with sister I'd like to think not Yeah I'd like to think not as well But would you think you would have got caught up in the hype The drama, the Wanting to have be a part of it, and I mean, I definitely think the way that people interact with social networks now, and the way that they've grown, mm. is very different and much broader than back in the day. It was very rare that I would come across, say, a Pixo page mm. of someone from a school in anywhere else yeah. that wasn't local to me, mm. even though it was on the web. Yeah, you'd have to search specifically for you'd that need to, person. Yeah, you'd need yeah. to be in the same circle still to come across it right. and it would be spread on MSN. Whereas now, obviously, it's all collated into one social network that you find everyone on. Yeah. So it's kind okay. of flipped. Yeah. So now everyone is in one space. Mm. So it's much easier for the collective voice to be much stronger. Yeah. Which, as Sister talked about, like, if one person has an opinion and says, oh, I hated that, actually you looked a bit shit mm-hmm. if you've got thousands of people saying you looked really shit yeah that collective voice is so much heavier mm-hmm. i just think it's kind of the way that it's grown and developed in the communication aspect around it is is much different and much more vicious now as well and also because there aren't any consequences people can just you know say whatever they want and then they face nothing so on the topic of online abuse we wanted just to speak about a really amazing um uk charity that's working to end online abuse, particularly against women and marginalized people. It was founded in 2017 by Shay Akiwowo after she received a flood of online abuse when a video of a speech at the European Parliament went viral. They've then gone on to create a load of resources, training and different reports, um, and they focus their efforts on three key areas, which are awareness, advocacy, and action. So we wanted to highlight one of their recent reports 
um, which is called the Ripple Effect Report. And this looked at the impact of COVID-19 on online abuse. So some of the things that they point out from the report is that they know that online abuse is an intersectional issue with people with marginalised identities facing a large amount of online abuse. Gender is the most often cited reason for online abuse with 48% of women and non-binary people suffering from gender-based abuse and 21% suffering from abuse related to their gender identity and sexual orientation. They point out that these figures are obviously concerning as they know that online abuse has offline consequences to our mental well-being. 69% of respondents felt anxious following online abuse and research by Amnesty International showed that 55% of women who had experienced online abuse suffered stress, anxiety or panic attacks. One of the points that it also raises which I think is particularly of issue for LGBT people and particularly people of marginalised identities is that when people um, face online abuse, there's also a silencing effect that tends to follow, which means that they tend to change their behavior online, which if people are experiencing real life issues and then also things online as well, kind of all that is going to do is continue to minimize their identity and also impact on their mental well-being too. Mm. They also have a uh, toolkit 2.0, which is aimed at black women And it has some really useful tips about staying safe online, which we'll put on our website for you to have a look at. Yeah, so if you want to check more out about them, you can go to our website and you can also check out glitchcharity.co.uk. We also wanted to highlight a recent report by Gallup, um, which is the National LGBT Domestic Abuse Helpline. So they released their online hate crime report 2020. So the findings of the report was drawn from a survey of over 700 LGBT people in the UK. Um, And again, there was some quite shocking stats in that. They found that 8 in 10 LGBT plus people had experienced online abuse and among those targeted, 5 in 10 had experienced online hate more than 20 times. 1 in 5 had experienced more than 100 incidents. 6 in 10 were threatened with physical violence and 4 in 10 received death threats or threats of sexual violence. As a result, 4 in 10 people use their online accounts less, while 2 in 10 removed LGBT information from their profiles or left social media sites altogether. The really sad thing about all of this is that less than half reported their experiences to social media platforms and less than one in 10 reported it to the police, which I think goes into conversations we've had in the past about Mm. people not having faith in the police um, and also in social media platforms as well, that they Mm. will do the right thing. And we've seen this firsthand in many a case, kind of when it comes to transphobia or racism Mm -hmm. online. I think essentially, we spoke about it many a time, social media is a wonderful platform Mm-hmm. it's just a case of f- for each other as we spoke about with sister mm-hmm. just being aware yeah of how you behave online mm-hmm. and there's obviously clear disparities between obviously if you take an incidence of a hate crime in person you, you there's there's more of a clear direction as to where you should go with it whereas because it's online there is that strange buffer mm-hmm. which is hard to navigate and i think it just needs to be consolidated Mm -hmm. and for real life to consolidate with online life and for there to be the same kind of consequences yeah Got a surprise! <laughs> we are going to be doing weekly episodes <laughs> from throughout June for Pride. For Pride. 
I honestly just can't cope. I feel like <laughs> history month. I feel like history month was about two weeks ago. Honestly. And after we started this episode with Matthew saying that he needed a break, <laughs> we are doing more work. We're going to 50% more episodes. 100% more episodes. Well, actually, 150% because instead of two episodes a month, it's five. <laughs> so I'm so sorry. <gasps> That's not was the fucking soul trying to leave me body. <laughs> but in all honesty, I am very excited indeed. We have an absolutely incredible lineup oh of people Lord. that we're speaking to. Yeah. Some people we've had lined up for a while. Some, Some people oh. we've tried to get for a while. Ages. Yeah, we're very, very, very excited. Um, we are um, kicking off mm-hmm. the series with Jason Okendaya and Mark Thompson, who. Mm-hmm started the online archive black and gay back in the day mm-hmm. and it's going to be a great great episode so yeah you've got a week off and then you'll have five solid weeks of us if you don't aren't subscribed already please subscribe mm-hmm. if you haven't left us a review yet it would be so amazing if you could leave us a review we, we do say it every week but it does help mm-hmm. us get in the charts and the more we're in the charts the more other people can see us and it puts us in the right places so please do get on your little Get your little iPhone, <laughs> tippity tap tap, give us a little review, that's gorgeous. We'll see you next time. In two weeks' time. And as, as per usual. You're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.